Welcome to our last day, our fifth day of looking through Matthew chapter 12, a passage, much of it, where Jesus has been discussing things with the Pharisees. And in that discussion, we learn a lot about life, about the way we use our words, about the unforgivable sin, about the kind of ministry we're to have with other people. In the last verses of this passage, as you, as you look through what Jesus is talking about in this discussion with the Pharisees, you see him talking about the dangers of spiritual pride. Uh, that kind of pride that arises in our lives that's not, there, there is a positive kind of pride. I almost hate to use the word pride because I know it can be misunderstood. But there's a positive kind of spirit towards seeing the good things that God has done in our lives and rejoicing in those things. There's also a negative kind of pride. And some of that is related to the things that you do, but some of it's also related to what's going on inside of your life. This is really the source or the root of pride, the spiritual pride that's in our lives. And Jesus, as he talks through these things with the Pharisees, gives us some very practical ways of looking at life, maybe a different way of looking at life, that helps us to recognize sometimes those points of spiritual pride in our own lives. We're going to talk about three things today. First, just because you ask for a sign doesn't mean you have faith. Second, just because you've cleaned up your life doesn't mean that things are better. And third, just because it's urgent doesn't mean it's important. And all of these, as we walk through them, you'll see there are issues actually of dealing with spiritual pride in our lives. First thing that Jesus taught us is just because you ask for a sign from God doesn't mean you have faith. Listen to what Jesus said in verses 38 down through 42. Then some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law said to him, Teacher, We want to see a miraculous sign from you. He answered, A wicked and adulterous generation asks for a miraculous sign, but none will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now one greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south will rise at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom. And now one greater than Solomon is here. Jesus is here teaching us how to recognize spiritual pride in our own lives. And we all struggle with this. We all deal with this. This is not just about the Pharisees. We all have this struggle in our lives. And he teaches us here that you you recognize spiritual pride when you talk about God, but it always seems that you want to be in charge of the conversation. All of your conversation about God is God doing what you want rather than you doing what God wants. They asked for a sign. They wanted to control God rather than God controlling their lives. You see spiritual pride when people try to use God to get what they want. Jesus says, you wicked and adulterous generation. He's being very honest here. He's saying sometimes it is our wickedness that causes us to ask for things from God, to ask for a sign from God. And the point here is, they were saying God has to prove himself to us. Well, whenever you say, God, you have to prove yourself to me, you're saying, I want to be in control. And whenever you're saying, I want to be in control in a conversation with God, essentially what you're saying is, I want to be God. And there's only one God in the universe. That position is already filled. Now, we don't see it that way when we do these things. But when you follow it down the line logically, when you look into it more deeply, that's really what's happening. And Jesus says, Jesus says, oh, you're being wicked. You're being adulterous. You're running after other things besides God by doing this. It's a sign of spiritual pride, using God to get what you want. And he said, well, I'm not going to give you a sign except for one, the sign of Jonah. 
I want to talk about that sign in a minute. But before I talk about it, just a, a brief aside, the fact that Jesus mentions Jonah and the belly of a huge fish here is significant because there are many people who teach that those Old Testament stories, they're just stories, they're just legends. They didn't really happen. Well, the fact that Jesus talked about these stories as history, not as legends, that is a confirmation to me that what I read in the Bible is what happened. It is the history of what God did in people's lives. Jesus believed in the prophets. Jesus believed in Noah. You see him talking about Noah. He believed in Adam and Eve. He believed in Sodom and Gomorrah. Here he believes in Jonah. Many of these stories that people said were just stories didn't really happen. Jesus talked to them as facts and history in his teaching. Just a quick aside. Now back to this sign of Jonah. The sign of Jonah was that the Son of Man would be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The sign of Jonah was the sign of the resurrection. If the resurrection of Jesus, Son of God, in human flesh on this earth, he's going to die for us, be resurrected from us, if that doesn't cause you to believe, there is no greater sign that could cause you to believe. What Jesus is saying here is those looking to find God, they can't miss the signs. He talks about Nineveh. They saw Jonah, just Jonah, just a prophet, and they repented. He talks about the queen of the south, you can read about in 1 Kings 10, who came to hear from Solomon and believe because of what she heard. They just saw men, and because of what they saw in these men, these prophets, these kings, they decided to believe. Jesus is God, and if you can't see it, Jesus is saying now, you're never going to see it. Those looking to promote themselves, they can't see the signs, no matter how much they demand them. And they say, well, I can't see it, so God must not be real. Well, maybe the fact that you can't see it says more about you than it says about God. That's what Jesus is teaching here. Watch out for spiritual pride that says, because I can't see it, it can't be true. It's the pride that's not recognizing maybe it's something in me. Just because you ask for a sign does not mean you have faith. Second thing Jesus taught here is just because you've cleaned up your life doesn't mean that things are better. You recognize spiritual pride in your life when you're focused on the good things that you've done to get close to God. You may be focused on those as a sign of salvation. I did all these good things, so now I'm close to God. Or you may know the truth that you can only be saved by grace. But you still feel like all the good things you're doing in ministry, they're getting you closer and closer to God. That's what gets you close to God. Jesus taught about this, us doing good things, cleaning our lives up ourselves on our own power. In verses 43 to 45, he gave us this picture. When an evil spirit comes out of a man, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. And then it says, I will return to the house I left. And when it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean and put in order. And then it goes in and it takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they go in and live there. And the final condition of that man is worse than the first. That is how it will be with this wicked generation. Jesus says, when you clean up your life yourself, you might be able to look at yourself and say, look at what I've done. But he says, you haven't filled your life. You've just left it empty. And what you've left it empty for is something worse than the beginning. Now, if you have spiritual pride in this area, it's very hard to hear this because you think of all the work that you've done to clean up your life. If you know someone you're working with that has spiritual pride in this area, very hard for them to hear this because you have to admit all that work that I did, it means nothing. It was for nothing. But there comes a moment in life when we have to admit the truth about ourselves and about reality, about spirituality, and Jesus says, you're going to be worse off at the end than at the beginning if you try to clean it up yourself. Now, this scripture, I'm not going to go into it, but it has vast implications if you're fighting an addiction in your life. 
The reason that Celebrate Recovery has so effectively helped so many to get past their addictions is because there's the recognition that it's the power of Jesus, not my own power. If you clean up your life on your own power, you might be good for a year, two years, five years. But Jesus says, and I'm not saying this, Jesus says you're going to be worse off at the end than you are at the beginning. Let him clean up your life. Let him fill your life. Don't leave your life empty. Let him fill your life. Then there's a third thing Jesus talks about here when it comes to spiritual pride. He says, just because it's urgent doesn't mean it's important. Listen to verses 46 to 50. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of the Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Now, what's going on here? As Jesus talks about this, is he rejecting his family? No. He took care of his mother even on the cross. He spent his first 30 years ministering to his family. His brothers became followers. They became writers of the New Testament. He doesn't reject his family. He's rejecting this person who's interrupting his teaching, saying, Jesus, Jesus, there's something more important, something more urgent you have to be doing right now. You've got to get outside and be with those people. So you've got to leave what you're doing to be out there. You see, Sometimes in our spiritual pride, we can live in this place of urgency, always doing urgent things for God, always urgently running around and serving God, always looking for the next need, the next opportunity. But in that sense of urgency, we miss out on the important things in life. Eisenhower said, the important is seldom urgent and the urgent is seldom important. And when Jesus pointed to his disciples and he said, these are my brother and sister and mother, what he's saying is, these are my priority now. I served that family for 30 years. These are my priority now. Now, if you are of the opinion that nothing is more important than family, it may shock you to hear there is something more important. Jesus told us what it is here. Doing God's will is more important than family. A lot of families will try to bring some kind of um, emotional pressure against someone who wants to do God's will. Doing God's will is more important than family. A lot of people outside of your family will try to bring some urgency into your life to say, oh, no, no, you can't do God's will because it's going to take you away from your family. Doing God's will is more important. Now, I'm saying this as one who deeply believes in the importance of family. I'm saying this as someone who deeply believes in committing to your wife, committing to your kids. But there is something more important, and that is the doing of God's will. And when you do God's will, you're going to live your life not for what is urgent. If you're always living for what is urgent, there's probably an issue of spiritual pride in your life. You need to feel better about yourself. You need to feel good about what you did today. That's where urgency drives us. That's what drives us into urgency. No, when you do what's important, then sometimes you take time just to listen to God. When you do what's important, sometimes you take time just to love someone else. When you do what's important, Sometimes you say no to one important thing in order to do the priority thing that God has for your life. Even though others might judge you wrongly for it, your life isn't about urgency. Your life isn't about pleasing others. Your life is about pleasing Him. So, spiritual pride, these issues in our lives that all of us deal with, I struggle with it, you struggle with, Jesus speaks to it because He wants us to grow to become more like Him. So let's pray right now that we would. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you work in our hearts at these points of spiritual pride to lovingly speak to us and to lead us to places of growth. You know us. You know these points and places in our lives that we all struggle with. So we open our hearts to you right now. 
And we ask that you would deal with us in these places. Help us to grow in these places. Lord, in those places where we're trying to control you, to use you to get what we want, instead of being led by you into what you want, help us to set aside our will and help us to do your will. Lord, in those places where somehow we're trying to get closer to you by doing something good, help us to see that and to realize that we are already as close as we possibly could be to you because of what you've given us in Christ. You couldn't love us anymore. So help us to do what we do in our lives, not to get more loved by you, but because we are loved by you. And Lord, in those times when everything is urgent and we're rushing here and rushing there, help us to see those times when the reason behind it is because we want to please others. We want to seem important to others. And Lord, help us to set aside that urgency and in the place of that, put the priority of your love for us and our love for others. Lord, these deep places of our lives, you know us and you can lead us to grow. We pray that you would. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Well, make sure to join us next week. Matthew chapter 13, it's a chapter of parables. The parables, the pictures of Jesus, the sower, the weeds, the hidden treasure, the net, the pictures that Jesus gives us in these parables of the real life that God has for all of us. (music) 